Welcome to the LFC podcast, where our mission is to make, deploy, and multiply mature and equipped Christ followers. We're so glad you've tuned in, and we believe that God will speak to you today as you listen to this message. Well, we've been in a series over the past couple weeks called Patterns. And a pattern is simply this, a reliable sample of traits and acts or tendencies, and I like this word, or other observable, everybody say observable. Other observable characteristics of a person, group, or institution. I like that word observable because many times you and I can be in a pattern and we can't see it, but other people can. Have you ever known somebody like that? Man, they just don't know what's going on. They can't, they just simply cannot see where their life is headed and what is going on. A characteristic or a, a, a trait or a pattern is something that is done over and over and over again repeatedly, sometimes without even, without even thinking. You, in this room, your heart has been beating a pattern. Aren't you thankful for that? We've got a defibrillator out in the hallway if that ever happens, right? It does not happen, right? Uh, You've been breathing this entire time. It is a pattern. It's a pattern for living. It's a pattern that is necessary for life. And as I've been thinking about this, I understood even just this past week, it kind of, the light bulb came on that, that Jesus himself had patterns in his life. Did you know that? Have you thought about that? Now, we're not talking about destructive patterns, but he had patterns that Jesus was always drawn to chaos, wasn't he? Whenever we see that the lame were brought to him and he would go, he would go out of his way and he would meet the Samaritan woman. He would go out of his way. Has anyone been watching The Chosen? Any, anybody? Oh, my word. That is so, so powerful that when he makes his way to the man of the pool of Bethesda, oh, my goodness, it is so powerful. I'm crying in the living room. I'm like, stupid movie, right? I mean, it's just, it's awesome. It is so awesome. But Jesus was drawn to chaos. He had a, he had a history of going and fixing other people's problems. And anybody know what I'm talking about? Wave at me. But Jesus also had another pattern. And the word of God tells us this, that he, he had um, many times he would remove himself into isolation into places that were lonely. He would get away from the chaos oftentimes so he could what? So he could pray. He had a pattern of prayer. He had a pattern of getting away from the mess so that he could get the message from the Father above. There was a pattern. Well, not all patterns are bad. There are great patterns that you have in your life that you need to keep doing. Just keep swimming, right? Just keep doing it. Just keep pressing and get better at those those things. But I will tell you this. How many would agree that there are things in your life that you may need to course correct just a little bit because if it get out of hand, right? There are things in all of our lives. uh, Can I tell you, there's a pattern of wasting time on these things. Wasting time. Little house on the prairie could not even function if you had these things. No one could go to the sawmill because they were too busy sawing the wood on the phone. You're not doing anything. 
right? Are you with me? There's, there's a pattern of wasting a lot, a lot of different time. In the book of Psalms, it tells us this, Psalms 85, 8. I listen carefully to what the Lord is saying, for he speaks peace to his faithful people, but let them not return to their foolish ways. In other words, what it is saying is, listen, God is... God's just bringing blessings and peace upon those who are faithful. I brought you out of that mess. So listen, don't go back into that. I brought you out. Remember that old song, he brought me out of the miry clay. How many remember that? Right? He brought me out of the miry clay and he put my feet upon the rock to stay. Why would I leave the rock to go back to the pig pen? Why would I go back if God has brought me out? Right? Why would I leave the father that accepted me back in when I squandered everything that I had? Why would I go back, right? Why would I go back to that? And that's what it's saying here. God, God speaks peace to his faithful people, so don't go back to that, right? Don't keep repeating those things. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 6, it says this, abandon. Everybody say abandon. In other words, leave it alone. Leave it alone. Don't go back there. Leave it. Abandon it. Abandon your foolish ways so that you may live and proceed in the way of understanding. Look at your neighbor and say, abandon your foolish ways. And when you do that, kind of say it again. When you do that, you go, you got to do a little snap. Abandon your foolish ways, right? (laughs) Well, over the last couple of weeks, we've taken a snapshot at several uh, folks' lives throughout God's word. And we, we looked at Lot, right? We looked at his life. We looked at the first king of Israel, King Saul. We looked at the third king of Israel, King Solomon. But today we're gonna take a, a, a broader look at this and we're not gonna focus on one person, but we're gonna focus on a people group. And we wanna take a look at the children of of Israel. So grab your copy of God's word today. I want you to turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 21. And it's a great story. If you will look at the background, Jesus had already been in his ministry. Incredible things were happening, signs and wonders and miracles, but it was coming down to the line. It was coming down to the place to where uh, Jesus was going to be crucified. Right, He didn't just come to do signs and wonders and miracles and make everybody feel good. He came to do a job that he would be the ultimate sacrifice for you and for me. The blood of bulls and goats and all those different animals, lions and tigers, and the blood of those animals could only last for a moment. But the blood of Jesus covers and lasts for a lifetime. Can I get a witness in the house? His blood will never fail and it will never fade. And so we see this. He is riding in to Jerusalem. We, call, we would call this uh, Palm Sunday. Y'all with me? We would call this the triumphal entry. Here he comes riding in on Matthew chapter one. And it says this, they, speaking of uh, the disciples, they brought the donkey and the colt to him and they threw their garments over the colt and he sat on it. And most of the crowd 
spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and other people cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And Jesus was in the center of the uh, procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. And the Bible says in verse 10 that the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Now, this wasn't riots. This wasn't uh, crazy stuff and people occupying the city and kicking the police out. We're not talking about that kind of stuff and burning the targets and all that stuff. We're not talking about the uproar. We're talking about there is such great excitement that is happening right now. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. And someone said this, who is this? Who is this? And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. You know, what's interesting is that on the surface, those who are struggling, and when I say those, I'm talking about all, all of us. We all have patterns. It, we can really paint ourselves up on the outside. We can paint ourselves up. Why? Because we don't want people to look bad of us, right? We, we don't want to be looked at in a, uh, or frowned upon or someone kind of stick their nose up at us. We, we, want to, we want to be liked by all people. Now, some people say, well, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. Ah, there's a part of you that does, right? You can't be Captain, Captain Jerko for all of your life, right? You want someone to, to, to like you. You don't want to be known as, you know, the jerkwad in life, Right? If you're with me, say amen. How many are sitting next to a jerkwad? Don't raise your hand. Some of you, you you almost got it up, but it didn't count. It didn't count. You were right there, right? (laughs) And her daughter has given her the frown eyes like, I am not a jerko, right? But there can be be a cover-up, right? And so that's what I want us to break down just quickly the characteristics of these destructive patterns in our life and what they'll do because they'll, they'll try to protect themselves, right, won't they? And you're like, well, what do you mean? Well, isn't it hard to get out of a rut? That's what I'm talking about. So destructive patterns, number one, destructive patterns will hide behind worship. They'll hide behind worship. Look at it. We just read it. Matthew 21. Most of the crowds spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. In other words, it's a sign of honor. It's a sign of worship. It's a sign of respect, right? It's, it's kind of like this. When you're watching the, the award show and they roll out the red carpet, right? A place of honor, 
all right, whatever, all right, uh, laying it out before him. And then it says this, and others cut branches from trees on Palm Sunday. Oftentimes in churches, what we will do is have everybody will get a palm, right? And they kind of wave it in church, right? It's, it's kind of a representative. And, and so what, what we do many times, we'll wave that and we, we will just declare what they declared in this time. Uh, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. It was a sign of worship. It was a sign of, of honor. And then it says, it's Jesus was in the center of the procession and all the people around him were shouting, praise God for the son of David. It's very interesting that, that, we, that they said that. And then it says, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in its highest heaven. Now, at, at, at first glance, that just looks awesome, doesn't it? It looks awesome, but what we have to understand about these patterns of destruction, the children of Israel, they were just rebellious. They were just re, re, a strong-willed child. They can't, don't say rebellious, they're a strong-willed child. They're rebellious. I mean, that's, that's what it is. They were rebellious. And what they were doing here is they were, were laying their garments out as the cold was coming on. They were cutting off branches and they were declaring, Hosanna, 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 not for the reasons we think that they're worshiping him for. You see, for us on this side of it, we come and we praise God because of his precious blood. We praise God because of what his son did on Calvary's tree, but that had not happened yet. They still weren't had their eyes focused on this Messiah, but their definition of the Messiah was that he was going to be a political figure that overthrew Rome that had their heavy hand on them. Notice what they said. Blessings to the son of David. David was the king, and there was a promise that everyone would, that, that there would be a line of David that would always be sitting on the throne. They thought that he was going to be the next king of Israel, not the king of the world, not the king of the universe. You see, right behind that palm branch was a level of hypocrisy because they didn't want their hearts changed. They just want their situation changed. And many times when we get ourselves in a fix, when we get ourselves in a pickle, how many, ever, how many remember they gave him a pickle, you know, back and forth and throwing the ball? We get ourselves in this, I, I, I don't want to get caught type scenario. Many times we'll get really religious and those times we're about ready to get nailed. Come on, someone talk to me because I'm preaching better than you're responding. Here, we, we, we have to understand this. We will get really, really religious. But guys, in the end, that's, that's hypocrisy. That's hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is this, the practice of claiming to have moral standards or belief to which one's own behavior does not conform. In other words, we're saying one thing, but we're acting a different thing over here. And many times, can I tell you, there's a struggle in our lives and we will come and everybody thinks, man, look at how spiritual they are because they've gone from raising their hands like this to where they're like. And then you're like, man, they're really getting crazy, man. <laughs> Party people in the house. All right. You know, it's come on, man. They're, man, they're so spiritual but no one knows that they abused their wife the night before. Y'all with me here today? 
Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't praise God because we need to praise God. And many times during in our worship, the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes and he will deal with things as we worship. But if we're worshiping God, but we have no intention to change, all it is is just religion. And I don't got no time for religion. How many are with me? Jesus got crazy, man. He got crazy on the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and we see it in Matthew chapter 23. He was calling out their hypocrisy. He was calling out the hiding behind the, the, the proverbial worship. He called them out, and he said this, what sorrow awaits you teachers of the religious laws and you Pharisees? You hypocrites. There he goes. There's that word. He said, you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup on the dish, but on the inside, you're filthy. You're full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee. That's like, that's like your mama <laughs> wears combat boots. And can I tell you, ladies, if you're wearing combat boots, I'm just sorry, but it's just, it, I'm sorry. The days of the goth era are over. Get over it, right? But you can wear Doc Martens. It's all right. All right. So you blind Pharisees. And then it says, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of the religious wall, you hypocrites, for you're like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled with, uh, on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Those are fighting words. Jesus was calling them out, man. He was throwing some serious shade on these people. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. See, you know what they were doing? They were hiding behind their worship. They were hiding behind their religiosity. Can I tell you, I, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. I want the presence of God in my life. I want the presence of God over my family, over my children, over my staff, over my board, over you. I want the presence of God. I want his spirit to come. I don't want him to pass by this place because there's a bunch of crazy going on and no one's willing to deal with it. I want the spirit of God to be manifest in your life so that our world can be changed. Can I get an amen? So destructive patterns, they hide behind worship. Here's another one. Destructive patterns fails to recognize Jesus. Look, what it, look at what this, this says. It's in this story. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered, and someone said, who is this? What's going on here? Inquiring minds want to know. Who is this? It's in the tabloids. Who is this person that came into Jerusalem, right? And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Notice they called him the prophet and they didn't call him the Messiah. They were unwilling to recognize who he really was. Jesus even asked his own disciples, all right, guys, dudes, homeboys, who, who do you say that I am? And they were like, well, you know, some of them, someone says that you're John the Baptist. Another person says that you're Jeremiah. Another person says that you're Ezekiel. And he said, listen, I don't care about what they say. Who do you say that I am? Guys, it is important 
It is so important for you to recognize Jesus, who he is. And Simon Peter jumped up. He jumped up and almost tipped over the canoe, right? Who do you say that I am? And, and he said, you are the, Jesus, the Christ. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you know what? God himself revealed that to you. That wasn't taught to you by man. Guys, here's what we need. We need a revelation from God of who he is. You don't need to take my word for who Jesus is. You need to take God, take God's word for who Jesus is. That's my question for you today. Who do you say that Jesus is? Do you say that he is your Messiah? That he is your healer? Is Jesus your redeemer? Is Jesus your friend? But here's what you have to understand. So many people are struggling with these patterns inside their life that they've already determined that it's not going to change. As a matter of fact, you've already said it. Maybe even sometime just today, this situation will never change. This situation is never going to change for me. Can I submit to you today? If your version of Jesus cannot break a pattern of destruction, then he's not the real Jesus. Jesus can break every single chain. The question is, do you really want it broken? Because we get, we get struggling in that. Come on. We get, we get struggling because we know we're, we're trying to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, but we like doing what we do, but yet we've just got enough of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in us to be miserable in doing what we're doing. Just enough, and so we're just kind of like, ah, oh, but I'll ask forgiveness for it later. Right? Come on, look at your neighbor and say, he knows what he's talking about. So these, these destructive patterns, they hide behind worship. There's just this hypocrisy thing going on because we don't want anyone to know, right? Destructive patterns, they fail to recognize Jesus. But guys, this is, this is, this is the big one right here. Destructive patterns, they ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit. They ignore it. I find it interesting that once Jesus uh, came in on his Mustang 5.0, right? He got in there, a colt. Come on, someone work with me here. Trying to help you out here. Had a supercharger on it. Maybe a little nitrous. Come on. You aren't going to work with me today. All right, that's all right. That's all right. I still love you. Shade throwers, what's wrong with you, all right? So as he came in after riding on his colt, after he came in there, man, he, you would think every, every, the place is, I mean, the disco ball is going. I mean, it was awesome. But their hearts were wrong, and you know what he did? The first thing he did is right here. Jesus entered the temple and began to drive all the people, out all the people that were buying and selling animals for sacrifice, and he knocked over the tables and the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves, and he said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a den of thieves. 
So what they were doing, if you can look at it this way, they were more interested in making a profit for themselves from the people coming in from all over the region, people who wanted to sacrifice for the remission of their sins. They were gouging the prices and inflation was up here and they kept saying, oh no, it's right down here. Am I talking about the Bible verse or am I talking about right now? Uh Uh-huh. Homie, don't play this. Come on. I'm just going to say how it is, right? So they go in there. Jesus is throwing over the tables in the church house. If you can look at it like that, he's throwing over tables and kicking people in the rear end, and he's throwing out the, the, the lions and the tigers and the bear and the sheep and the cattle. He's kicking them all out. He's throwing their money everywhere, and he said, listen, can you imagine it? It's just kind of what the Holy Spirit is trying to do with us all the time. When we come in, we've got different motives than God wants to have uh, motives in our lives as well. He is trying to do something in us, but we've got a different plan sometimes. We've got our routine. We've got our thing that we do, right? But the Holy Spirit is trying to speak. You tracking with me? He's trying to speak. What I found is that this is destructive patterns love to be challenged, but not to be changed. Many times, how many, how many times, and I've done it, you come into church and the Holy Spirit challenges you, but you leave the same way that you were. We like to be challenged. Oh, man, that's awesome, right? That's awesome. Boy, pastor was stepping on toes today. I, I hear that all the time, stepping on toes. Does anybody do that anymore? Stepping on your toes. Then he stepped on my toes, but yet we go right back in and Sunday afternoon, we're right back in the same routine that we were when we came on Sunday morning. Hmm. But I will tell you this, one of the scariest passages of Scripture, and can I tell you, I'm a recovering legalist. I, I, I am. I, I, I've struggled with that, but I want to I be holy before the Lord. I want to stand holy before him. And in Hebrews, man, this will make you shake in your shoes if you haven't already done that before. It says this, dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There's only a terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. Friends, this is written in the New Testament. I want to be so right before God. I don't want to ignore. I don't want to ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Sometimes I do. Sometimes you do. But that's why we repent and we turn from our, uh, that, that way of thinking, that way of doing things, and we want to be right before God. How many want to be right before him? Just raise, raise your paws, my mom would say, because she thought I was an animal, right? Raise your palm. Well, don't you feel so much better now? Wow, that was so light and fluffy. Don't you feel so good? Well, let me try to fix that just real quick. Destructive patterns, there's a way out of them. 
And we've been trying to give you the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Well, I will tell you this. Destructive patterns can be broken. And here's just a few ways that you can break those destructive patterns, the sinful patterns in your life. Number one, take yourself to the woodshed. You're like, what's a woodshed? (laughs) These guys don't know. Now that one of you guys, she's, just, she's looking at me, he's like, I don't know what a woodshed is. <laughs> a woodshed is where you went when you were in trouble and you get a whooping. All right? How many have ever been taken to the woodshed before? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, you get the whooping, right? Because no one wanted to see that ruckus out in the, in the middle where guests or everything. You and I, mm-hmm, for... For Pastor Christian, is we're going to the bathroom. Let's go. No! <laughs> My nephew, oh, he was horrible. He would get a whooping and he'd look at his daddy and he says, ooh, that feels good. All right, well, let's keep going then. <laughs> my nephew was making a ruckus in, in a store one day, and, he's, and, and my brother-in-law, Brad, is like, I'm just going to take him out of here. And he, and he picks him up, and he starts fighting him, right? He starts fighting him, and he holds him under an arm, and, he, arm, and he's walking through the store. They were in the back of the store. Of course, it always happens when you're in the back of the store. And he starts screaming, screaming somebody help me. He's taking me away from my mother. <laughs> oh, Lord. He's at Miami University right now and studying music. <laughs> oh, bam. All right. We don't believe in violence here. <laughs> But sometimes you got to take yourself to the woodshed. Can I tell you, guys, don't wait to come here on Sunday mornings and, well, maybe, maybe there's going to be a word for me that I need to get my life right. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and take yourself to the woodshed. Right? Take yourself out back and say, you know what, God? I am sorry. I repent. Take yourself to the woodshed. I love what Galatians chapter 5 says. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, they have nailed the passions and the desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. They've done it. You've done it. You listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Take yourself to the woodshed and crucify that flesh that is causing a destruction in your life. Can I get an amen? This is the voice of the Holy Spirit. Number two, everybody say number two. All right, if you want to break destructive patterns in your life, how about this one? Circle up the wagons. I don't even know how, I don't even have a wagon, Pastor. I don't even have a wagon. Have you, have you kind of told, I've been watching some westerns lately. I think God's favorite hymn sounds like this. Oh, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Clint Eastwood. 
(laughs) Circle up the wagons. In other words, when trouble is coming and that destructive pattern starts to rear its ugly head in your life, get somebody to help you and circle up those wagons so you can watch on all sides. Circle up the wagons. Guard yourself. Get somebody on your team to help guard your back. We say it all the time, man, I got you. I got your back. I got your six. I got you. But friends, we've got to learn if we're going to break destructive patterns, we need each other through the power of the Holy Spirit to break those chains in our life. The Bible says it like this in Matthew chapter 18. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. That's why we need each other. And some people try to live this Christian life on their own. Right? They're a rebel without a cause. They try to do it on their own. Can I tell you, it's a lonely climb by yourself. Get some people. Join a small group. Join a small group and find out that there are people that may be going through the same things that you've gone through in your life. I encourage you. That was a shameless plug for small groups. And lastly, number three, and let's, let's land the plane with this. How many like to listen to the radio loud? Like annoyingly loud? Yeah. How many need subwoofers in your life? Yeah. Believe it or not, I had four 15-inch subwoofers in the back of a mini truck. One. The police were trying to chase me down because I was a noise pollution, right? I will turn myself in. Right? Well, I, I just say this. If you want to break a destructive pattern in your life, you're going to have to start cranking up worship. Be a worshiper. If the volume says 10, get a Sharpie and make another ele- uh, number 11 and crank that up to 11. Be a worshiper. Be loud in the presence of God. Cry out to him. If we can shout for, for, for our teams that are going to end up losing anyway and they've changed their names because you're politically correct, can I just tell you, we can come into a house of worship and praise and lift up our voices and we go out our throats a little bit raspy, right? Because we've, we've lifted our voice up to the king of kings. We left it all on the church playing field. Right? We worship him. I love what it says in Psalm 119. Let praise flow from my lips, for you have taught me your decrees. Let my tongue sing about your word, for all of your commands are right. Give me a helping hand, for I have chosen to follow your commandments. And I love this. Oh, Lord, I have longed for your rescue, and your instructions are my delight. So let me live Think about this. So let me live so I can praise you. And may your regulations help me. Guys, we live to worship him. We live to worship him. Can I tell you, if you can't, if you don't like worship, you're going to have a terrible time in heaven. You're going you're gonna to hate it. It's the truth. We're going to be worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I can't wait to get there. And we've all got work to do until he calls us all home. Amen. Thanks again for joining us today. If you desire to grow deeper in your faith, we want to help you. Text the word GROW 
to 419-495-6802. To check out all of our upcoming events, head over to limafirst.church and click the events tab. Lastly, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future messages. Be blessed.